The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Tonight's episode of Wrestling Night in Canada is dedicated to the memories of Mr. Wrestling 2 and Adam Bueller. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to an exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. This is episode number seven, and I'm Snowy White. And I'm Matt Copper. And I'm Dustin, or as everyone calls me, Ducky. Hey, bros, what's going on? No, not much, man. Or actually a lot, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, <laughs> but more importantly, like, with all of this stuff that's going on in the wrestling world right now, the important thing is what's going on in the real world. Everyone is happy and healthy and safe from from the Carino and all that. Everyone's doing well. Yeah, I think we're allowed to call. I think we're allowed to call it COVID nineteen now. I think that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, yeah. the, re- the wrestle talk guys have been doing it, so I, I think it's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it was kind of fun, fun while it lasted. Coming up with these school synonyms for it and all that. Yeah. But hey, Cor- Corbin nineteen. yeah 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 anyone who has been first of all if you're tuning into us the first time hello this is and welcome and thank you so much for finding us and tuning in hopefully um we uh can uh live up to any expectations that you may have um for our listeners that have been with us since the beginning or the last couple episodes you might have noticed something is a little bit awry for those Mm -hmm. first six episodes we had a fourth horseman of the apocalypse in you know our good buddy Miss Mr. Mike Mason, who was kind of hosting, was holding the hosting reins for those. And unfortunately, you know, like this, this is fun, but this is just a hobby, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, real life kind of gets in the way, and that that has to take priority. So unfortunately. Mr. Mason had to step down and then we were kind of wondering like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Because we were the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, and I'm like, well, hmm, you know, <laughs> you know, do we do, do we get a fourth? Do we, do we just go with the three and all that? And I'm thinking, and you know, maybe we won't actively search out a fourth. That fourth will find us. So, since Ole Anderson has left, that leaves us with Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, and Arn Anderson. So we just have to wait until our Lex Luger appears, I guess, at some <laughs> some point or another. I guess that's kind of the way, kind of the well, way to look so at it. Which which ones are we? Am I Tully Blanchard? Because like, uh, <laughs> like, I, I would I would think Dustin would be Arn Anderson because if he shaved his head, he would look. Pretty much exactly like him. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He's he definitely would be the enforcer of this group. Yeah. No, he is the security guard. So that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's hey, right. Snowy, you, Snowy, you got the white hair and the. <laughs> and, and I'm the oldest. Yeah. You're the Ric Flair. 
Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. And so that means, Matt, that means your face is on Sean Spears' shorts. Oh. Gross. <laughs> worst, <laughs> worst, worst under ruse ever. Holy jeez. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a lot has been going on. Just the last couple of days in the wonderful world of pro wrestling, which kind of we kind of had a few ideas. What what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? Well, let's go with this. But then, boom. Yep. Well, I remember. Oh, geez, I remember for our brother, our brother program, Radioactive Metal here in the Shining Wizards Network, we did a lot. You know, we did a lot of coverage of the Me Too movement because that was, you know, that was very relevant within the music world. Now it's this the same idea is kind of infiltrated in, unfortunately, into the pro wrestling world with the speaking out campaign, which seems to be getting a lot of traction. And a lot of people are coming out and saying, well, this is my story. This is what's happening. And it's not showing you know our world in a very good light no unfortunately not Mm -hmm. you kind of all these allegations that are coming out we're going to go into them a little a little deeper late later on but unfortunately it's yeah oh it's kind of like i have a tendency of believing this one but this one hmm we'll we'll wait and see and all that but either way it's scary it's easy to be skeptical about your favorite wrestler not being a piece of shit but unfortunately yeah. uh it's smoke being on television is just smoke and mirrors you only see what you, you only see what they show you and that's excellent that's that's the perfect way to mention it they say they say never meet your heroes yeah i know and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of names or a few names on that list that i really wish weren't on there but uh yeah it's the it's just it is what it is Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate like i i I wish i wish it weren't the way it was but it is and it is and it's up to us it's up to us people programs like this and others like to bring attention to this and call this stuff out and um we just we just have to deal with it hopefully the end result out of all of this is that the wrestling world becomes a safer place for everybody involved oh for yeah. sure oh yeah that, that's definitely. the like one one thing that i can hopefully reassure to everybody who spoke out was that there will always be good people in the world if they can hold on to one thing i know it seems like a impossibility right now with all the bad things going on it seems like nobody's good but there will always be good people and that's yeah if you can hold on to one thing that that, that's it in my opinion well said Mm. well said well said but to get us to all of this that's going on um wow just i it looks like it just it just it just keeps piling up because just the last couple days um we lost uh, some uh, people within the wrestling world that some a young upcomer and a 
a veteran, you know, a, a pioneering vet, a pioneering veteran has has left us and all that. But first of all, Ducky, I want you to tell us who who Adam Bueller is, because once again, I hate to say it, my ignorance is showing with some of these indie guys and all that. Adam Bueller is was on the deathmatch scene. He wrestled in like IWA, and I think he did a couple. G- don't remember if he did a couple GCW shows or not off the top of my head. But I found out who Adam Bueller was through the Murder Death Kill Club on Facebook that I joined. Oh, okay. And it's basically Murder Death Kill is just a fan club on Facebook that just shows off a bunch of like crazy spots and they put some good some full matches up and they actually do their own podcast thing called the Death Hour where they bring deathmatch people on and they talk about their career from like start to now and it's really cool and found Adam Bueller through there because he's on it he's a part of it and he put a bunch of his matches up all the time and I would watch them and unfortunately his cancer came back and it took him in like three days which oh, geez. yeah that's crazy that's unfortunate but mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, 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 yeah. On the opposite, uh, you know, on on the flip side of this, we lost a uh, a legendary veteran in one Mr. Wrestling 2 that fortunately, you know, he went out natural causes. He was in his 80s and all that. Now, who you guys, you guys might not necessarily know who Mr. Wrestling 2, he was kind of like an era bef- before you guys, but he was... Um, he, he was very over as in the territories as one of the masked wrestlers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, big in Mid-South. I think, believe he did some work in uh, in Memphis as well. Um, just recently on Jim Cornette's, one of, one of his podcasts, he was talking about, um, and this is kind of relevant to why you're going to see why you see Excalibur on Dynamite, why you see him in a mask, okay, on TV, in the broadcast booth. Like, why Why does a guy need to do that? Okay, well, wrestling too, okay, years ago when he was active and all that, Jim Cornette recently said when he was doing a program with his Midnight Express against Magnum TA and wrestling too, it... They worked for two months together, almost every night. Two was so dedicated to the kayfabe and keeping his face hidden and always wearing the mask. It took a couple months before Cornette actually saw what Mr. What, what, what wrestling two looked like without his mask. And you work with the guy every day, like two would, <laughs> two two would put on his mask driving to the venue or whatever. He'd put on his mask a couple blocks before getting to the to the arena, Just wear it the whole time. Yeah, wear it the whole time, and then drive off with the mask still on and all that. Like that was that was his character. That was his character, and that's you, that's um, dedicated to kayfabe. It very much so, very much so is obviously, you know, that that was the mentality in the territories back then. And so now when I see the first time I saw Excalibur, 
you know, with a mask on in the broadcast booth, I immediately thought that. It's like, okay, this is an homage to those kayfabe mask wrestlers and all, and all that. Because I assume, like, Excalibur was a, a masked wrestler in the Indies or something? Yeah, I think he had to retire from injury. Okay, okay. And instead of saying, you know, I'm the former Excalibur now, I'm Bob Smith without with without the mask. He's he 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 kept the gimmick and all that. And it's that's amazing. I I think it's a fantastic idea. And yeah, that's it it's that. And um uh, of course radioactive radioactive metal. Of course, wrestling night in Canada, we give our condolences to the wrestling two families and to the Bueller family and friends that is too bad okay here's a bit of homework for us you guys go find some wrestling two matches out on youtube i'm going to see what i can find for some uh for some adam bueller and see what was going on there absolutely did you guys watch backlash i did okay because i didn't okay (laughs) okay so i was I'm basically going to turn the whole kit and caboodle over to you guys. Although I, I've got a thing or two I do want to say, but um, yeah, I'm going to let you guys take this one. All right. Well, for starters, the US, United States title match was pushed to the pre-show, which, and it was given a whopping, what, seven or eight minutes? Yeah. Holy jeez. Yeah. Vince. Yeah. Just proving that he doesn't care about either of those competitors or the United States Championship as a whole. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So what? What's all? Okay. This was the. I guess the focal point of this card was the greatest match ever. Yeah, the greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, okay. Sorry. Go on. Yeah, it was the greatest wrestling match ever with backlash at, at the very bottom. <laughs> that's how that's how it was advertised. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to get to that a little bit later. But like the most of the card, I didn't I thought was quite underwhelming. Like mm-hmm. having having well, first of all, having the United States Championship match on the pre-show that was the first mistake, in my opinion. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, like. For a title that's been around, like for people who don't know, the like the the United States Championship in WCW and NWA like uh, predates the Intercontinental title. <laughs> so that title's been around, I think, since 1974. If I'm if the, U- the U.S. the United States Championship, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 got a few on the Intercontinental, which was 79 pat patterson having that yeah. winning win, win, winning that <clears throat> tournament in, mm-hmm. in puerto rico and all that it's like yeah when did that happen huh yeah the yeah but the united <laughs> states championship i believe originated at nwa in 1970 mm-hmm. around like the mid 1970s right it does predate the intercontinental title by a few years but the way it's just being been treated i don't know I can't get on board with that. I think it should be like the, the the most important that title has ever felt was uh, a few years ago, or maybe in two thousand four, or sorry, two thousand fourteen, 
when uh, John Cena had it and he was doing the open challenges. Right, <laughs> right. That actually made it feel important again. Yeah, and that was the, we see, we saw the debut of Kevin Owens on the main roster because of that, and and Sami Zayn as well, I believe. And mm-hmm. it, uh, Sammy Zane, we got some, yeah, we got some great matches out of it. I'm not gonna lie, and for coming from John Cena, that's saying something, in my opinion. <laughs> Well, the U.S. title, it, it wasn't a McMahon creation, okay? So it's, no, it wasn't. It was, yeah, so it, it's always going to be the red-headed stepchild of the secondary titles. Exactly. Uh, that's why that's why Starcade is a house show and not a main pay-per-view anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that in itself is a tra- travesty mm-hmm. and all that. So, yeah, I think... Um, I think there's just too many titles as it is right now. I think there's 18 in WWE right now. Holy shit. Jeez. Like going across both main roster brands, NXT, NXT UK. Uh, Yeah. I think it's, there's like 18, 19. (laughs) See, I don't even know them all. (laughs) No, I think think I thought about them. Like I counted them by hand one day. It's like there's four tag team titles across those four brands. There's four world titles. Uh, three mid card titles, four women's championships, the women's tag team championships, the twenty four seven title, the cruiserweight title. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a lot. Holy jeez! Oh, that's why titles don't mean as much. You know, I don't mean to get up on the snowbox just yet, but uh, that's why they just don't mean as much like they used to. Like the U.S. title at one time, you know, in the mid eighties or whatever, at the height of that title. It was arguably the third, fourth most important title in all of North America. Oh yeah, you know, like it was, yeah, yeah. So times times definitely have changed over the last thirty years and all that. So maybe maybe that that that's a wake up call to get rid of some of these titles. Yeah, I, I doubt that they're ever going to do that. They, they 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 feel the need that they have to have like a certain level of a championship on every brand to okay. like separate that brand from or to have to have like complete separation aside from the mm-hmm. women's tag team championships. Mm-hmm. But I still I, think there still should be like one like main women's championship, and it should just be defended on all brands and and a main world championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now right Old belt and just fuck it, just yeah, spend it on all the brands. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, uh, that's how the the uh, brand split originally worked was that the women's champion and the world champion would be on both shows. But yep. well, we all know how that. That's how we got <laughs> the world heavyweight title and the divas title. So, <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Well, maybe here, here's a future uh, tur- turnbuckle talk. We're gonna sit down. And we'll we'll realign all of the titles to kind of what makes sense within yeah. WWE <laughs> within WWE. Sure. So what um what else was defended? Like you guys are telling me, like because I didn't know anything about this card going into it. Mm-hmm. There what was what some of the others. There was a uh, Raw Women's Championship match between Asuka and Nia Jax, which ended in a double countout. So neither, yeah, nobody lost, nobody won. <laughs> and did anyone get hurt, like legit? No, uh, no, Austin <laughs> did not get hurt. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, that was uh, 
That was disappointing because I I heard originally that Oscar was supposed to go over strong in that match, like she was actually supposed to beat Nia Jax clean in the middle mm-hmm. of the ring. But the day of the show, because Paul Heyman's no longer the no longer the showrunner for Raw, Bruce Pritchard is. They changed the end of that match to a double count out the day of the show, which mm-hmm. is not what I would have done personally. I would dumb. have gone in this direction. Very but, dumb. Yeah, it made nobody look strong and. Yeah, it was bad move in my opinion. They mm-hmm. they they had an opportunity to make Oscar look really big or really good coming out of that pay per view, and well, the better. Okay. <laughs> do you think maybe we're kind of at the point where it's like, okay, we have to do something with Jax? Like maybe she wasn't ready to come up to the main roster and she's hurting people left and right. And it's been going on for a while now. It's just like, or is it the influence of her family where it's like, well, we can't really send an anoli down to, you know, yes, for, you can. well, of course you can. You definitely yeah. should because, because she's hurting people and all that. I think maybe it's time to, uh, you know, she needs to go back. Yeah. <laughs> she, well, it's like, needs to, Nepotism, I think, is plays a huge part in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Like, like, well, you look at like Roman Reigns or uh, the Usos; they're both safe workers. Mm-hmm. But Nia Jax, though, yeah, she has a history of hurting people, giving people concussions, or in Kyrie Sane's instance, cutting open her head by pushing her into the steps. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, before she was injured. She had a reputation for that, and even after she came back after a after a full year, I think she had dealt what it was like double ACL surgery. Yeah, I believe she double ACL reconstruction. Yeah, yeah. So she had time to recover and train, yet she still works incredibly stiff, and that's it's unfortunate. But now they seem to be pushing Oscar in the direction of feuding with Rick or not Rick Flair, Charlotte Flair. Uh, <laughs> Same thing. You zoom in on yeah. Charlotte, it looks like Rick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know that's. And I, we probably said this on the show, but there are just times she looks too much like her dad. Too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what was the? Okay, the, I guess the main like what were some of the title matches? There were, uh, yeah, aside from that, I, I don't think there was a SmackDown tag title match, if I remember correctly. I don't think. Uh, I, I don't remember half the matches. Uh, I was out of falling asleep. Okay, well, there, there, was, there was a universal title uh, handicap match, which was the Miz and Morrison versus Braun Strowman. Right, uh, yeah. right. Before, before that match, Miz and John Morrison were, were informed that Whoever pins or, or if someone pins or submits Braun Strowman, that person will become the sole universal champion, not like a co-universal championship. So really, it was a triple threat match. Right. Not a cat match. Okay. But that, that caused some tension between Miz and Morrison in the match because there was a part where John Morrison was going to get the pin on Braun Strowman and Miz just pulled him off. And then they just kind of st- stood there and looked at each other and then. Like, like held their heads and they're like, oh, my God, what did I just do? And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, pin him again, pin him again. <laughs> and Strowman kicked out and eventually yeah, be, uh, pinned one of them. It was a very quick match, kind of a throwaway match. And yeah, mm-hmm. more of a comedy spot than anything. Oh, OK. That's that's what you want for your world title. You know, yeah, you're, you know, you're, yeah. you, you don't want comedy 
in your in your world title matches. Like I don't even think that's that shouldn't even be an old school mentality. That should be just like because that's your that's your main event and all that. Yeah, that's what cool. that's what everyone comes out. But you know, like, it was uh, like yeah, I, I it was like that's what the twenty four seven title is for comedy stuff, right? Right. <laughs> but yeah, they Braun Strowman won, and he stood stood on the ramp, held up his championship, did his little yelling thing that he does, and that was it. <laughs> that was no follow up. No, I thought for sure that Bray Wyatt or the Fiend was going to come out and attack Braun Strowman after that match, but that didn't happen. Oh, okay. But, uh, you think you think it's too early to split Miz and Morrison already? Uh, if that's where they're going. If they can keep the comedy thing going, like, I think they're a good comedy duo. Like they they do do some funny stuff, in my opinion. But I don't know. I I, I think it is a little too soon to split them up again because they mm. just they've only been back together for what like uh, since November. I so yeah. I guess well, yeah, November December. Yeah, give them give them another. I'd say give them till like after they've been together for a year, maybe yeah, so break up, but. Yeah, there there was also a women's tag team title match, triple threat. It was uh, Sasha and Bailey defending against the Iconics and uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, which, uh, yeah, obviously Sasha and Bailey won after uh, Sasha did the surprise roll up on Alexa Bliss after Alexa hit uh, one of the Iconics with her finishing move. <laughs> so, all right. you know, the, the most devastating move in all of sports <laughs> entertainment, the surprise roll up. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was kind of cheering for the Iconics in that one. I yeah, don't know why. Well, even though like every every team in that match had been women's tag team champions before, yeah, so that kind of took a little bit away from the excitement. I always like it when someone who hasn't been champion before goes up against uh, or challenges for a title because that, oh, that yeah. always yeah. adds oh, a yeah. little. Mm-hmm. You hot potato these 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 titles; it's going to lose its luster. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure, for sure. I have yep. to admit, when that when I heard that they were turning Bailey heel, I I thought, okay, there is just some people that cannot be heels, no matter what you do. And for the longest time, I just didn't believe it. But the last little while. She's actually turning into a good bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. She she plays the she plays the despicable yeah the despicable person role quite well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It kind of gives you that impression. And we knew these girls in high school. Like we knew Bailey, we knew <laughs> Sasha in high school. And there was the one that was the bitch. Okay? Yeah. And then there was the friend who was doing her best to try to be a bitch to impress. Bitch number one, and Bailey is doing all she can to try to live up to the bitchiness of her friend and all that. Like we knew these girls in high school, right? <laughs> and and uh, we know some now. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But um, yeah, I think she's she's definitely coming along in that. And I honestly didn't think, okay, this is not going to work. They're going to be turning her back and soon enough and just forget it never happened and all that. But no, it's coming along nicely. There, there was the uh, WWE Championship match between uh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. And the okay. way that it's, it started off so promising, too, because like yeah. before the bell even rang, before he could get his coat off, 
Bobby Lashley put Drew McIntyre in the full Nelson and he had it locked in and it looked like he was going to like weaken Drew McIntyre and throughout the entire match, you kind of had this, like, it was kind of in the back of your head. It's like, I don't think Bobby Lashley's going to win, but eh, he, he might <laughs> like, <laughs> like they like now more than ever, they, they were pushing him uh, similarly to his character in TNA. Right. The walking Armageddon, mm-hmm. I believe it was. But yeah, I think as good as the match was like the the match was really good until Lana came out, yeah. <laughs> and then oh yeah, the chicks got to come up and gum up the works. Yeah, <sighs> Lana came out. She uh, got on the apron and started yelling at the referee, and then she got bumped off into MVP, and then yeah, Drew Claymore, uh, Claymore Bobby, and won the match, and then they MVP and. Lashley just kind of looked at Lana and just left her there, walked away. And then the next night on Raw, I think Lashley demanded a divorce from Lana. Yeah. Oh, Which yeah. means Lana's going to be off TV soon. May, yeah, perhaps. They they seem to have started an angle between her and uh, Natalia where they're going to both be heel, like a heel team, it seems. But I guess we'll see where that goes. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I guess yeah. I got to start watching Raw a little bit more. <laughs> but after <laughs> after that, the uh, there was there was supposed to be a Raw tag team title match, but then it turned into this. I don't even know what to call it. What would you call it? Cinematic Dustin? thing. Yeah. Cinematic fever it, dream. I I thought <sighs> it was kind of cool until the end. Oh, when they were in the dumpster, or yeah. when the ninjas came out. When Both? they were in the dumpster and then, like, the tentacle creature came out of it. And it was just I, I like, that's a Vince thing right there. I think that was an alligator tail. I don't think it was a tentacle. I could but be wrong. Either way, that's a Mr. McMahon. Oh, this would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you called this his cinematic fever dream. So, like... Because, it it, like, it started off with them, like, walking in the parking lot. And then they just started fighting out of nowhere and they were they got weapons there was bowling balls and yeah they were fighting throughout the performance center and then at one point like at a couple different points ivar started daydreaming about different things whether it was like turkey legs or girls calling them cute or uh uh i don't know other like them them winning the certain sporting events from the anything you can do we can do better series that They've had on Raw for the past few weeks. Yeah. Uh, and did you, sorry, would, did you, did you actually see what he yep. was dreaming? Yep. Oh, yep. my God. Mm. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, there, there was a and, part where, uh, where he, he rolled a bowling ball right in, in between uh, Montez Ford's legs. You know, the old nut shot with a bowling ball. Right. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, the old, the old uh, what Al Snow used to do in hardcore matches. Oh yeah, except it was pre-shot, so n- nobody actually got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, did they follow up on? I didn't watch SmackDown, but did they follow up when they destroyed the windshield of Braun Strowman's car, and they were all like, "Oh shit, this is his car!" And they all just ran. Oh, Guys, we no, gotta they go. Never they never oh, did. That's dumb. That's dumb. Yeah, but. Uh, there that was, was funny though, because they're like, guys, guys, yeah. this is Brown Strowman's car. She's like, oh crap. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. 
that was that was that was, that was a pretty funny part of it. But uh, what was it uh, near uh, around the end uh, when they're they were all in the parking lot, and then just like a gang of people rolls up on these motorcycles, and then one <laughs> takes off his helmet, and it was Akira Tozawa, and he's got this army of ninjas with him, all on motorcycles. So the street prophets and the Viking raiders team up for this little i don't even know this pseudo stable called the viking prophets i think they were called yep the viking prophets yeah and then they were fighting off all the ninjas <laughs> yeah and then Akira <laughs> all that up. went through my mind yeah. <laughs> when the when the, the the guys on the bikes rolled up i'm like let me guess this is gonna be racist vince going let's do a japanese guy and a ninja gimmick again and yep. then when Akira out took the mat, when as soon as the helmet came off, I'm like, yep, good old racist Vince. Here we go. But then, yeah, well, after they fought off all the ninjas, Akira Tozawa brought in this, brought in this, uh, like, seven foot, oh, over seven foot tall ninja who whipped out a katana. And then, like, after he did that, they're all staring him down. And uh, Eric from the Viking Raider goes, Viking Raiders goes, I got this one. And they're all like, no, you don't. No, you don't. And then he's like, used the force to like get a chicken wing off the ground. <laughs> oh, 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 you got was, to be kidding me! Was, he used a, he got the turkey leg, you like kind of like how Thor would uh, summon Mjolnir. Oh God! Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. And then yeah, then they eventually wound up in a dumpster, and uh, the alligator or tentacle or whatever the hell that thing was came up, came in, and then. And it just sort of ended. Yeah. And then they, then they announced that the Raw Tag Team title match would not be taking place. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then after that, we Look witnessed... At, this, is, this is what happens when you have television writers, not wrestling people, doing your booking. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you have writers instead of bookers. <laughs> exactly. Oh, people, people who have wrestling before coming uh. to the company. They're making creative decisions. You think that with Bruce Pritchard, he'd actually have good ideas? Yeah, he's really the biggest Vince McMahon yes man. That's, <laughs> I was that's why gonna he's gonna say that, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and at least that's it's not Russo done. booking. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, like now that Bruce Pritchard is both the 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 lead uh, or head booker or lead writer or whatever you want to call him for both raw and SmackDown. Now that's uh yeah. So we can, um, we can expect to see a lot of the same shit on both shows now. Oh God. All right. All right. Well, time will tell. I'll give him the benefit. Of the- <laughs> I, 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 I enjoyed where Heyman was taking raw. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the people he was pushing were people that I was behind, like uh, Apollo Cruz, Oscar and uh, Alistair Black. But now, who knows that we're? Who knows if Oscar's even going to be champion by by uh, this Monday? Oh yeah, because she's facing Charlotte, right? Stupid. Yep. Yeah. So who knows? Charlotte might get another title, and uh, Alistair Black hasn't been on Raw for the last couple of weeks, and who knows what's going to happen with Apollo Cruz? So yeah, like I said, right. time will tell. Yep. But Fair enough. After that. We got what uh, the main advertisement of the show, which was the greatest wrestling match ever between Randy Orton 
Yeah, between two dudes <laughs> in their 40s. Randy Orton, <laughs> who, who only wrestles a good match when he can give a shit. When he, when he can be <laughs> and Edge, who hasn't wrestled a proper wrestling match in nine years. <laughs> okay. okay. The thing that's kind of getting on, and I'll get my shit out of the way with this, but just right, right from the start, the greatest wrestling match ever. Not forget Savage Steamboat at WrestleMania three. You know, <laughs> forget <laughs> you know <laughs> Michaels from WrestleMania twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Like never, never, never mind that. <laughs> it's like Ste- Flair, Flair, Steamboat. Those, those, those trilogy of matches. Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. What, what we need is this is the greatest match of all time. And it's not even a fucking match. No, <laughs> it was. It was pre-taped. Yeah, there, like it, it was, was good. It was yeah. a good match, but like greatest, no greatest ever. Yeah. Like, I think I think they were setting themselves up to fail right right from the well, start. I, I I feel that the whole thing, calling it the greatest wrestling match ever, was just Vince McMahon trolling. The hardcore wrestling fans. It's got to be. He knew that they were going to be like, oh, this is going to piss off so many people. It's great. <laughs> but they're going to watch it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. They're going to watch it to see if it actually will be. Yeah. And uh, it was the only pre tape match on the show, aside from whatever that Viking Raiders uh, Street Profits thing was. But, okay. yeah, it was, it was pre-taped, and there was some... They used some unique camera angles that uh, you would usually only see in a movie, but they didn't overdo that part. Uh, yeah. No, the the thing that they did add, though, that was a little weird was piped-in crowd noises. Even though there were people? Yeah, there, 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 well, there were only, like, maybe, what, 12 people in the audience? But it did not sound like there was 12 people in the audience. No. <laughs> right, yeah, well, I think something like that, you're just supposed to hear it subconsciously. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that that extra crowd no, noise. but like it's the generic fucking crowd noise things that they added to where it's just like when I used to do like fuck when I was in school I used to do like stop motion with with uh, wrestling figures and it was the generic crowd noises that I fucking used and I'm like really. It this? sounded like a yeah. It, it sounded like the crowd in like a you know, like a wrestling video game. Yeah. Ah. Uh. <laughs> gonna, one, one of these days they're 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 gonna pipe in the wrong crowd noise and you're gonna hear some little old lady yelling, You suck Piper <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. It would be funny. No, but but what was like when it would happen, it's like yeah, you'd you would hear like a bunch of people clapping and then no one in the crowd's clapping. Oh wow. Or they would show a and certain then there was the part and then you there was see the part the where Samoa Joe was doing commentary, and they had a camera angle on the commentators, and Joe wasn't talking. Holy jeez! Yeah, that's that's one of the well, that's 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 something that's going bound to happen when you're pre-taping a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. He's not live. Yeah, but yeah, so I can I can forgive that part. You like, I wish they would have been a little more judicious about the angles they were filming at to for that, but. Whatever, mm-hmm. take it as it is. Um, okay, so, so yeah, who who won the 
world's greatest match or best no, match. the greatest wrestling match I, ever. I can't, I can't even say it with a straight face. Important uh, one. <laughs> okay. Then, All right. At the beginning, and Edge tore his tricep, didn't he? Yes, he tore his tricep. Yeah. yeah Unfortunately. Here's so. the kicker. He tore yeah. his tricep in a reshoot of a Reshoots. Spot. Yes. What the hell are reshoots in a wrestling match? Well, <laughs> like the, you have that, to get a certain angle. <laughs> like, like that, the irony is so delicious there because it's it, it's like the the match is over. Okay, fine. Well, well, boys, we got to go back and we got to do some reshoots here. What? Okay, first of all, whatever the hell that means, and then he gets hurt doing that. I yep. mean, when you when you get hurt in a match, this ain't ballet. Okay. It happens, okay. Mm -hmm. But to, but to get hurt doing this bullshit when it was d already finished, like come on, you guys. Yeah, they, they needed they needed to get certain moves at a different angle, a different camera angle that they couldn't get before. And yeah, unfortunately, that led to Edge getting hurt. But at the beginning of the match, when they came out, uh, they did the the introduction that they did. Like first of all, Charles Robinson was the referee. And he was he wasn't dressed in the striped shirt like they have now, or have had for a while. He actually had his old like blue long sleeve button up shirt with the bow tie, like oh. the referees used to wear in WCW. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that that was a kind of a little added touch that I thought was a little bit cool. And, uh, and the intros, <laughs> the, uh, the the intros they they didn't have the their current uh, ring announcer doing the intros. Like the bell rang and then the lights went out and then they. Played a little bit of that theme song they used for the the pay per view, and then they had the old Madison Square Garden microphone came down, and you could hear they played Howard Finkel's voice introducing oh. the, both Edge and Orton. Oh, okay, I can get behind that. Yeah, <laughs> because I guess they they probably they obviously have several recordings of him introducing both guys over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That part right. was cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the old yeah, the, like you know the old Madison Square Garden microphones that would hang from the ceiling. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah th those were, those came down, and yeah, you just heard Fink's voice, and I was just like, oh, okay, well, that's I guess that. So that that this will be the technically the last match that Howard Finkel ever calls or or introduces, I should say. Right, right, yeah. right. That was that was a, that was a nice little trinket, but uh, the ending of the match it was uh, Orton won by. Kind of, uh, I think he did with a knee edge. He low blowed edge with a knee when the referee yep. wasn't looking. And then, then after that, he brought back that punt kick that he was using about ten years ago when he was like the super heel on Raw. Do you remember that? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But he was incapacitated people with the punt kick, so he's he's brought that back now. He used that to finish off Edge after Edge kicked out of two RKOs, and each each guy hit actually hit each other with like a bunch of other people's. Finishing moves like, like Randy Orton, Orton pedigreed edge, edge rock bottom, Randy. Yeah, uh, I think someone hit it. I think did someone do an Olympic slam? Randy. If I remember, Randy did an Olympic slam to edge. Yeah, okay. And I think Edge tried to do a sharpshooter at one point. I think so, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah, it got reversed. So they were like really at the towards the end of the match, they were like throwing in just like everybody's finishing moves. To try and like, I don't know, like pay homage, mm -hmm. I suppose. 
to all these to all these previous wrestlers. And then, yeah, the end of the match came when, yeah, it was a low blow and a punt kick. And then, yeah, that was it. Uh, Edge was lying on the mat while Orton's music was playing. And then Orton was just like telling him, he's like, go home, Adam. Go home and be with your kids. Be with your wife. Just leave. <laughs> just leave. Mm-hmm. Tell them Uncle Randy says hi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, oh, actually, there was there was one point in the match where Edge was laying on the announcer's table, and Orton leaned over him and whispered in his ear, and you could hear it very clearly. He said, "I'm gonna fucking kill you, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they didn't censor. It was pre-taped. Keep in mind, and they didn't censor it. Right. Well, it's on the network. You can say yeah, whatever the hell you want. A PG-rated product. A guy said, I'm going to fucking kill you, motherfucker. (laughs) Hey, it's the real world, you know, where the F F fucks happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, which which begs the question. We all totally marked out when Adam Copeland showed up, when Edge came back and all that. But with the injury and all that, and he is getting up there and family man now and all that. Is it time? Is it time that he fucked off? Uh, well, he's got a three-year deal, so <laughs> he's and only he's going to be gone for like eight months with his tricep tear. So. Yeah, four, four to eight months, depending on how bad it is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's he's only six months into his three-year deal, so he's still got two and a half more years, and depending wow. on yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, there's 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 stuff that he can do. You oh, know, you know, like on on air stuff, but like, come on, like, I I don't think he needs to be potatoed anymore. <laughs> like, I, he, he's 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 done his time. Thank you for all that you've given us. No, I, I don't think I don't think he needs like another world title run. No, he's no. already had eleven, and he retired as world champion. Okay, <laughs> wow, I don't even remember him holding it eleven times, but wow, they're, they're okay. Very- in a very short amount of time right 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 so uh, overall that like i was entertained by the quote-unquote greatest wrestling match ever but whether or not it it, it, no it was not the greatest wrestling match ever not by a lot i imagine i imagine i I never killed it for me for sure was the fucking adding in the crowd shit that that's that for me. Yeah, I don't know if I. I found that if I wasn't really paying attention, it kind of just like seemed like your normal everyday wrestling match. Like, right. if you could ignore the plexiglass around the around the ring. Yeah. <laughs> right. Should that match have been like thirty-five minutes? No, but holy jeez, wow. Yeah, it was pretty long, but uh, like you know, it, had they have not attached the tagline and built up the match the way they did, I probably would have enjoyed it more. Right. Yeah. I I knew that it was never going to be legitimately (laughs) the greatest ever. No, it's not Flair Dusty at the Omni. No, that was marketing one Oh one right there. Like, (laughs) but like I enjoyed it overall. I thought it was the most entertaining match on the card being all, all things considered that it was wasn't the only or it was the only non-live match right <laughs> but yeah overall backlash 2020 was 
not great. Okay, yeah. so yeah, that was going to be my next thing. Backlash, yeah. horns up, horns down, horns in the middle, horns down. Yeah, <laughs> one match out of however many there were that were actually good, and even that one had its own questionable little bells and whistles. But yeah, I'm. Uh, it was a, it was a throwaway pay per view. In my opinion, you know when I get bored watching wrestling when I'm like falling in and out of sleep watching it. <laughs> yeah, that, that can't be a good thing. Now I understand, like I've fallen asleep watching amazing matches, but that's because I just busted my ass all day at work. And when your body says it's time, it's time, no matter it's, what you, yeah. no matter what you're doing. But yeah, if if you if you're well well rested and you're still nodding off. Uh, as you heard from the opening bell tonight, um, Fitz kind of hitting the shan here in the world of pro wrestling. It's getting getting kind of scary. Like we said, even in just the last couple of days, the speaking out movement is uh, gaining traction just as more and more of these allegations of these incidences are coming out and like I think believe we said at the top of the hop as well is very re- very reminiscent of the Me Too movement, and this is obviously kind of I don't want to say influence. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's definitely in the same spirit where you know pro wrestling obviously doesn't have that Teflon that we kind of think it does because we don't see. What goes on, you know, when the when the camera's off, when the wrestlers go through the curtain and all that, and they're living their lives, they don't see what's going on. But mm-hmm. you know, and it is it is it is 2020. We are in the Me Too generation now, for the better. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually hear, I actually heard criticisms about the me the me too movement and there are going to be a lot of criticisms about the speaking out movement and all that and personally you have to really you have to be or you have to really dig and you have to put a lot of effort to try to debunk these movements and all that and unfortunately it just it's it's where we are and the disturbing thing about the whole thing is it's just in just a couple of days, it was just like one incident after another. And it's like, oh, my God, it's here. It's here. Yeah. And we have to do something about this. And for the most part, it looks like, you know, the world of professional wrestling is taking care of its own in this situation. And in light of this whole movement, some of the names and all that, like it was just, and we're not passing judgment. We're not going to say, you know, this is all of this is alleged and all, and all that. Like, but when you get presented with a, with photographic and snapshots, uh, <laughs> when you get presented, you know, with evidence, it's it's kind of hard. It's it's kind of hard to look the other way. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's like so many people in the not just the British wrestling scene, 
but it, it's prime. It, that's how it started was in the British wrestling scene. But it's there have been names from the uh, from all over the world that have come come to light uh, in these allegations, and uh, it's uh, it's disappointing to see some of the names because a lot of I know a lot of people are going to see names of some of their favorites, some of their heroes, and they're I know you, it's, it's difficult to accept mm-hmm. that, that your favorite wrestler is not a good human being. <laughs> and mm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say that, like, I don't know. I don't, it's, it, 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 it's tough just talking about it. Like it we're is. not even involved in any of these allegations. Like, no, it's the it's, three it's of us. We're, we're up guys. Yeah. <laughs> Just to talk about this, it it's tough. It yeah, it, it really is. One of the like, things. Sorry. sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was I was just gonna say because the incident that came out with Velveteen Dream, okay, like yeah. a couple a couple episodes ago, it kind of came out, and we were quick to believe it just because of everything. But then it seemed like there was evidence that this shit really wasn't happening but now mm-hmm. it's come out in full force like like there's a lot of evidence against him and what he's been doing like with minors mm-hmm. you know so we kind of have to you know we kind of have to look at ourselves not necessarily you know like we i think Probably the since this is a wrestling show, like the three of us, we have to go. You fucked up. You fucked up into the mirror. I think with that one, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, and because like these are allegations, you know, against minors, that's particularly disturbing. Oh yeah, it's it's disturbing no matter what. But oh yeah, uh, but the whole minors thing is like it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, <laughs> to sum it up in one word, it's it's disgusting and it's disappointing, and it's these performers that you've looked up to and admired like for months, if not years, having this and like I don't know, some of, yeah, like Velveteen as well as like some other names on the lists that have come out have uh, like. There a lot of some of my favorites have been outed, and it's yeah, it's like as I've said before, it's disappointing. And like now saying their names kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, even even though at this point it is strictly allegations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, yeah. Because because you kind of just with everything that went down with me too and all that, like you kind of know in the back of your head, okay, yeah, they're just allegations. And we're going to say allegation a lot just to protect ourselves, but we also know in the back of our heads, uh, this is this is probably true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, oh, uh, like the whole the whole like the the progress promotion, like oh, operation, yeah. like half the half the roster is gone. Like all their champions have been stripped and. Yeah, like, David Starr has been. Uh, he was accused, and I think, uh, con- or he admitted, uh, he or he didn't admit to being a predator, but he did admit to doing bad things. So he's uh-huh. been fired by Progress, and he's been stripped of their World Heavyweight Championship. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they have a number of 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 people. Um, Jordan, Jordan Devlin. Devlin. Yeah, yeah. Who, uh, he was one half of the Progress Tag Team Champions, and he's also the current uh, NXT Cruiserweight Champion. And yeah, he's been he's been accused of these things, and he's. I should I should also say that anybody who's uh, has uh, allegations against them in WWE has been at this point suspended and if they are convicted they will be immediately terminated that's right. where and right now and uh yeah which really that's what you can do at this point all you can really do at this point as a company and uh what else um uh jack gallagher he was a he had an allegation against him but he came out and admitted that it was true and as wow. a result he has been released from WWE effective immediately. And yeah. where where do you go from there? Like when you've admitted I was a piece of shit, you know, you don't come back from that. Any yeah, like because AEW is not not going to pick you up. Nope, but you know? uh, like uh, well, the thing about AEW, AEW had uh, uh, Jimmy Havoc was uh, two girls came out about him. Oh uh, yeah, uh, recently and uh, yeah, I've the the things that I've heard about him that he did were nothing short of disgusting. Mm-hmm. And uh, as of right now, he is suspended from AEW, but he's he has entered a rehab facility. But it is illegal in the state of Florida to fire anybody if they are entered into a rehab program. So because mm-hmm. they did say that they were going to re they were going to evaluate his status with the company upon his completion of rehab. So I, I don't know if they sent him to rehab or if he went to rehab himself, it was all kind of very vague. Right. So after he comes out of rehab, when, when, when the smoke clears on Havoc's case, I'm, uh, the probably the best thing for them to do and the right thing is to say okay you know what we can't we can't have you on 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 board like because i don't want to support you know a league that knowingly harbors you know this type of activity and covers it up and accepts it because i certainly don't accept it with 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 some of this Though, and you kind of, unfortunately, it's to it's to the point where you automatically believe the victim, mm-hmm. because chances are, you know, <laughs> it turns out there's there's a lot of scummy guys out there. You know, we we kind of have we kind of have to kind of have to admit it, but yeah. we are getting some cases where I don't know. I'm looking at the Matt Riddle case. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm kind of leaning towards what he's saying. Like, what's what's the story there again? He, um, a a fan, a rat, a whatever, uh, an uh, ex. Oh, it was uh, it was a a, a female uh, independent wrestler. Oh, okay, used him. Her name at the moment escapes me, but uh, right. uh, Matt Riddle's attorney issued a statement. Or a press release regarding Matt Riddle yesterday saying the allegations 
by this uh, independent female performer are completely false and another attempt to harass and humiliate Mr. and Mrs. Riddle and try to tarnish their reputation in the community. We have been aware of the last few years of this performer stalking the Riddle family. In 2019, our firm had drafted uh, a pleading against the performer to seek an injunction for the cyber stalking uh, in the circuit court of Orange County, Florida. Right, right. Okay, so there is a history, a documented history of, you know, Riddle has had issues with this person mm-hmm. and all that. So that that's that's the smoking gun against these allegations. There's a history of this. This isn't, you know, there was there was an incident, and now she's finally getting the strength, the courage now to come forward in light of, you know, of in light of this new movement and all that. Like there's 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 documentary history of the man's innocence. So I'm kind of leaning towards Riddle in that case. It's hard it, well it's it's hard like you can't say. Like it's 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 really hard to I'm 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 gonna I'm 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 being as unbiased as I can. Like mm-hmm. Because there is no proof on no solid, no, I don't know. It's yeah. This 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 one's a little tough. Fortunately, there's it's not um, an allegation that you can believe right off the hop. Like there's actually, you know, there's two. They say there's two sides to every story. There is actual. There actually is another side to this one. Yes, exactly. There's yeah. That's yeah, I, do- I documented side or uh, other side to this story, and uh, yeah, <laughs> this is this is really difficult to talk about. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. But it really is. Yeah, it really is. One of the the one of the things that kind of caught caught my eye, being an old an old schooler myself, are these allegations of um, against Jim Cornette and his wife Stacy. Mm-hmm. The allegation is apparently, like the coronets have this this weird sexual kink, where they kind of get get off on other men having sex with her. Okay, and, and like okay, that in itself okay, whatever you do, you okay. But apparently, there's been allegations that during all his time in OVW and all that. He was using, you know, people's people's careers, you know, we'll help you out. We'll get you a contract, you know, and if you don't listen to us, if you don't do what we want, we can make your life difficult, you know, through our stature and our connections and, and, and all that. Essentially, blackmail, essentially blackmailing these people. Right. These wrestlers. You know, when you're a young wrestler, you're young, dumb, full of cum and all that, and all you're doing... You know, when you're not training, all you're doing is looking for action, which a lot of guys never mind being a wrestler. That's what young guys do, you know, that are unattached and all that. Like, are how? Yeah, he's like, he's taking advantage of young people who are man, easy to manipulate. Right. That's the problem. Like, that's. Right. Yeah. yeah. Then, like, later on, they start to realize that this is not okay. Right. That yeah. this happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean that it's that's that's got to be rough. It's got to be. Rough. We're glad that you know we could have done all that we we've done all that we can, 
in this situation because like I, I hate that feeling of helplessness. You know, yes. like like I wish what what can we do? Like, yes, we have this we have this podcast, but we're still kind of, you know, minimal in what what we can do. But at least at the end of the day, when I put my head down on my pillow tonight, I know we did something. We brought if at the end of the day, if we could only just like bring attention to this movement, mm-hmm. get more ears and eyes to listen to the people who have come out and shed shed a little bit of light on the goings on and hopefully make the wrestling world a safer place for everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I think this is a good start. Ultimately, yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping that we can accomplish. And as far as I forget who said it, but uh, they did say that sunlight is the best disinfectant. And in in the effort of bringing these to light, I believe that's relevant now more than ever. Oh, yeah. By the time this goes to air, there's going to be more and more and more. And then after this episode you know, is out there, there's, there's going to be more and it's just, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Hopefully, hopefully though, next episode of wrestling night in Canada, we'll be saying, we'll be a little more upbeat. Maybe we'll have something a a little more entertaining, you know, to bring, to bring to our listeners. But sometimes, you know, you just gotta, you gotta step up, you gotta Mm -hmm. step up, you know, and yeah, I think we did that today. It's unfortunate um, these things happen, but uh, the fact of the matter is, is that they they do happen, mm-hmm. and yeah, for sure. Just, as, for as sure. long as like as long as we've served our purpose of like bringing yeah, bringing more attention to it to the movement, then yeah, then it worked. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just goes to show exactly how tough this episode was. So, uh, extra horns up to us. Um, how can people like where? What are our social medias again? We should throw some of those out there before we get on out of here. We're on Facebook. Yes, we're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com/slash Wrestling Night in Canada, and on Instagram at at Wrestling Night in Canada. Right on, right on. Of course, Wrestling Night in Canada is a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. If you're, that's probably where, you know, you've discovered us. But if you just happen to um, find us on Spotify, just a random search or whatever, be sure to check out all of our brother episodes, our brother programs on the shining wizards network there's a number of other pro wrestling podcasts as well as some comedy pop culture and of course if you want some more of your cool uncle snowy here i'm hosting uh radioactive metal i will on also the shining get wizards. around to making the twitter I done oh okay. That yet. Oh yeah, yeah. We need a Twitter page. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Right I'll on. I'll do that this weekend. Okay. okay. Excellent. Excellent. So, check us. Check 
everyone out in all of that. And in the meantime, and in between time, that's it. This has been, well, I don't know how exciting it was, but uh, it's definitely it's been, been a, a, very, a very special episode of Wrestling Night. Very special, a very special yeah. episode of Wrestling Night in yeah. Canada. Um, so I'm going to talk about serious shit. I'm going to talk about the serious shit, man. Some sometimes you do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Ducky. Signing off. We're from Winnipeg, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs>